Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Hey guys, welcome to the Kickstarter podcast presented by our friends at ProTaper. I'm Don Maeda, and uh, today's podcast is a day late, but for good reason. And we are all four of us in separate places in the United States. So through the miracle of modern day technology and Anton's microwave that just went off, we're uh, <laughs> we're putting that together this mine. podcast. That was not mine. Uh, no, it's freaking <laughs> the neighbors. Their freaking brakes are squeaking. Hold on, let me shut my window. Okay. <laughs> so it's the usual cast: me, Don Maeda, Mike Antonovich from uh, St. Louis, uh, Chase Curtis at home near Marietta Greer Ranch, and uh, Alex Ray in the uh, Ray Taco Bell estate. So, so guys, I, I think the biggest thing to talk about, I mean, the, the thing that upsets me the most about last weekend's race is the uh, jump all over Vince Freezy deal. Would you guys agree? Yeah, yeah I mean, it was, it was pretty unfortunate. Um, what they showed, obviously, on the broadcast it looked pretty bad, but, um, I think there was other views to where, um, I don't think it was as bad. And, uh, I guess he didn't really know he was there. So, I mean, I mean, the memes that are out there, they're pretty good. I mean, some of these people are getting pretty <laughs> clever though. <laughs> dude. Seriously though, poor Vince, dude. I mean, that guy has to have the thickest skin because dude, totally. Not He's only got to are, be numb are, to it now. People are such dicks. They're just going on his Instagram like, you re- you should retire. You suck. I mean, A-Ray, like, I, I think, you know, Vince is, is a better racer than you. He makes almost every main, right? And, yeah, 100%. And, but the thing is, no. is like, is like telling him to retire, tell him to quit, telling the AMA to pull his license. Come on. I mean, he's one of the best Supercross riders in the world. As are you, A Ray, but but you know it's just yeah. I mean, it's fans pretty, are brutal. It's pretty retarded people saying that. I mean, like, I mean, he's been top ten. He's been you know, he's been at the, you know, I mean, dude, he's been riding really really well even this year. I mean, he's even I've seen him ride uh, preseason a lot. You know, at the at the public tracks, and he was working a lot of the dudes and. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he, there's no reason why people should be even saying that. Obviously, they're just mad keyboard warriors. Yeah, because yeah. he messed up their talking could. Yeah, none of the people who were talking about him um, on the Internet couldn't do what he does any better or probably at all. So I don't and I just, gang mentality. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's they're writing for our entertainment. And if anything, like I like Barsha. But that just makes this series and it made that race even more entertaining and more exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to have people complaining it's a boring race if stuff like that doesn't happen. But if you're that big of a Barsha fan to where that type of thing is frustrating you that much, then, dude, like, I don't know why you're even watching, really. Like, and I just think, like, five minutes Instagram. prior to that or, like, ten minutes prior, people were hating Barsha because he tried to dive bomb Kenny. Exactly. <laughs> and it's just like a flip of a switch. And then, oh, it's Vince Freeze's fault. He missed yeah. his break. <laughs> so, anyway, it, were, uh, were you victimized by the Barsha fans uh, when he ran to you <laughs> in that heat race? Uh, I mean, I got a couple people on my DMs, but nothing nothing crazy. You weren't told to retire? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, I was no, kind of disappointed like because there's a uh, – there's a – family of of you know father and a couple sons that we know at our local tracks and uh dude i was on vince freeze's instagram and the dad who runs the same number as me is like you are the biggest squirrel of this series like why is this always happening with you 
And I was like, dude, come on. I don't know. It's like these guys are out, all out there doing their job. You know, everybody makes a mistake here and then. And then there's, there's racing incidents, right? And, man, you know, I would hate to be told. I mean, some of these people, I just think that it makes them feel like tough or something whenever they just want to do like post a comment on someone's Instagram. I don't know. Yeah. Like that knucklehead that told Dean Wilson, I hope you break your neck. You know, I, I screenshot it and called him out on Instagram. And then when Dino uh, apologized on his Instagram, the guy comments, Oh, wait a man up, man. Really, really good. (laughs) Really good of you. What a piece of shit. Oh my. I don't know. Yeah. So, okay. So Anton, you had some photos of that corner where it happened. And then, Hey, Ray, you rode that track, so you know that it was a drift out to the left. It's not like he cross-jumped him on purpose. Well, no, that, the way the and then turn was... Like, yeah, the, the flat 90-degree turn. Yeah, and, and the fact they were squaring it up prior to even going to the berm. So you were drifting way out wide to like the mechanics area, and you didn't even have to go into the turn, really. You could just hit the edge of the berm and just shoot like all the way just use a little bit of the whole track and just go all the way to the left side of the jump so yeah mm-hmm. it was yeah I and it sounds like if the riders went to the right of that landing into the face of that triple that's where people are getting sketchy i know that's where mookie got a uh, got all sketchy off? yeah the, I, th- I think i heard those ruts were even worse on the right too. yeah yeah i don't know i mean i don't think any of us are placing blame on either rider it's a racing incident um, obviously if you have Eli Tomac breathing down your neck and closing in, you're going to just go for it. Right. Right. So I don't know. What was the buzz in the pits at the race, Michael? Um, well, okay. Well on like this note more, cause I got questions for a Ray about this whole Vince thing. Like what is the mood when you guys are in the tunnel? Do people talk to Vince? Like, when you guys are all standing there, do people not treat him well? Or, and like, is he kind of, like, ignored? Or is he, like, kind of talked to? Because I think that plays a big part in it, too. Like, him and Kenny had that run-in at Indy 2, and I didn't understand why Ken went out and fucking drilled him in that turn because, like, it kind of wasn't necessary and, like, you could bend your bike up when you're leading and stuff like that. Like, do people within the racing community like have it out for vince already too or is he not really that big of a deal certain people do but i feel like a lot of people don't know his personality i mean i've spent a lot of time with him i mean he's from st louis or cape Girardo, so yeah. i obviously grew up seeing him at the races i've known him pretty much my whole life he's a, he's a bit odd i mean obviously in the in the I don't know, the staging area or whatever you call it. He's always doing his, like, little rituals because he's a bit OCD. He's shaking and doing weird shit. But, um, like, he, he still keeps to himself. Obviously, like, I mean, a couple people talk to him, his teammates. I mean, I'll say something to him every now and then. Um, but for the most part, I think a lot of people do keep their distance from him. Um, but, I mean, I don't really know why. I mean, I feel like he's just sort of trying to stay focused himself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, like you had an issue with him at Indy one when he like ditched the bike and you were like understandably pissed and all of that. But like I get that he is involved in a lot of stuff. Like even even in this heat race before that, Chisholm bumped into him because Chisholm was going too fast through the whoops to try to make that inside line and then like got into him. Like there's no denying that Vince is involved in some shenanigans every like quite often and I think that's what makes it worse. But it's just yeah. like <laughs> Bro, it is the every time it happens almost, it's just like they always happen to be at the worst places on the track, like where everything funnels into one place and he has nowhere to go and he's just kind of fucked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? I saw it on TV. But if you're Mike Genova, like, are you kind of pumped that like someone on your team is getting publicity? (laughs) Even though it's bad? (laughs) Oh, man. Hey, when I saw it on TV and they replayed it, you know, it was kind of blurry and out of focus i just saw the zero on the jersey and i was all please let that be tickle (laughs) (laughs) you know and then it ended up being vince and i'm like oh man poor vince here it comes again it seems on the side of the track i thought the same thing like i saw them pop up and i was like please don't be vince please don't be vince please don't be vince oh fuck it's vince (laughs) and we have nothing like involved in it but 
I thought we were going to get like a break from the six for six, like bitch out streak of people on the internet, like complaining about something, but no, like here it was like, everybody had to get sacrificed at the, like at the cross for something, this race. Yeah. And then the thing that also gets me is like, okay, so he mans up, films a, how was your weekend video and sends it to us. Right. He addresses it there. And then like, I I don't know. I mean, I, I know there's like over 160 comments on our how was your weekend on YouTube. I haven't even looked at them because I just don't want to be pissed off about them. But like, you know, when you go on the backside of YouTube, the manager side, you can see the newest three comments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those three comments, all of them was like, oh, dude, if you only reason you're in main events is because you get good starts or like you're, you're lucky you're a good starter. And I'm just like, dude, am I wrong? A Ray starting is one of the most important things in a race, right? Yeah. And because he's yeah, a good I mean, starter and that's... he's perfected his craft, you're going to bag on him? I mean, Jesus. He's got good speed too, but yeah, I mean, he's always been great at starts, but I mean, his speed is also there as well. Yeah. And it's gotten better every year. Yeah, it has, yeah. And like, we're going to be minority for defending Vince and not even really defending Vince, but just being like, yo, take it easy on him yeah. because this is a bit much yeah. because he's getting it from all ends. Like, right past racers, current racers, people in the sport, like all kinds of stuff. And I think, yeah, if the only people that these two big issues could happen to this year are Dean who can shrug it off and Vince, who's pretty much immune to it by now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're not trying to like choose sides or anything, but I mean, we're going to defend anyone that's treated like this. Like no one deserves this stuff. Yeah. That's the issue is the, the aggressive fans, right? Talking shit. Right. But Chase, even you, when I came into work yesterday, you're like, oh, dude. Like, yeah. you, you know, you were on the he messed up Barsha's race thing. But yeah, whatever, yeah, you was, can have I... that opinion. But you're not going to go talk shit. You're not going to write bad right. things about him. I mean, that's terrible. So I talked to Tony Alessi, and uh, he texted me actually on, on Sunday and was like, what are your thoughts about what happened? And I knew what he was talking about, right? And I go, oh, I think it was a racing incident. Um, I think maybe Barsha may have rushed the pass. Uh, I don't I don't know. What does the rule book say? Does it say if you're being lapped, hold your line? Or if you're being lapped, move out of the race line? What is Hold it? your line in Supercross. Okay. Vince is holding his line. Anyway, Tony said that after the race – before anything, to be proactive, they went to the AMA trailer to say, hey, Vince held his line. He didn't do anything sketchy or anything dirty. And he wanted to be proactive about it. And apparently, as he was leaving the trailer, in came the gas gas people just, you know, demanding heads to roll, you know. So yeah. uh, I guess uh, Jim Gallagher looked through the uh, – uh, the rule book and was looking through things and they deemed him, you know, free of uh, blame. But I heard he did get a warning though. A warning. Did you hear that Anton? Yeah, I'm sure I haven't, I've heard like that he's been talked to and all of these other things, but there's no suspension. There's no need. Yeah. Like it would be completely unnecessary to do it to him. And then not the other people. And a Ray, like you could attest to this too, because you've been on the track. Are they not going way overboard with the blue flags now because of the Dean thing at Houston three? Yeah. I mean, they, they're pretty, they're pretty heavy with it too. Um, and I think they even installed lights, uh, like on the triple faces and stuff that like blue lights. Oh, wow. Hmm. I can't figure out if that's what those are. Cause I asked about those and I couldn't get a straight answer. So now every time I've been lapped, there's always three stages of like the blue flag. So, Sometimes the flagger, he's just holding the flag out, right? He's just standing mm-hmm. there with the flag, the mm-hmm. blue flag. Yeah. That pretty much means, hey, like the lapper or the leaders are coming and like just be warned that, you know, you're going to be getting lapped. And then once they start getting closer, they start waving it a little bit like heavier. And then once they're right on your ass, then they start like waving it super, super heavy. I feel like that's and, sort of the and- protocol. That's how that's always sort of what I've thought. Um, whenever I've experienced getting lapped, I don't know if that's how everyone sort of sees it, but that's sort of like what the flaggers do in my opinion, sort mm-hmm. of 
of getting lapped. Do they wave the flags vigorously and point at you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You're like, so if the leaders are coming, but there's still two lanes behind, you'll just get like a flag and they're just like, hold the blue flag. Yeah. And then once they get closer, obviously they start waving it more and more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Now, is that, is that like a thing or is, or am I just. No, because I mean, that makes sense because like it's, it's hey like put this on your radar be mindful that it's behind you and then okay it's going to be a little bit more now it's becoming a little bit more urgent and then when it's like really they're on your ass they should be waving the flag more but this is one of those deals where where this should be communicated within the ama and between race officials and everything to where you guys know that there's a a definite standard of that like you guys have all been racing your entire lives i don't think that it's that hard to hold you guys accountable because they do. They think that you guys all have to see everything exactly as it happens, but if they had different levels of stuff and then communicated it out. I mean, that's way more accurate than some dude freaking out and throwing you the blue flag when the guy's two lanes behind you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's just, this is just another one of those things that in racing, that's just so difficult. Like there's, it's impossible to time how soon a rider is going to lap another guy. Like it's just another one of those racing incidents. Really there's, I'm sure there's a better way around it, but there's not a perfect way around it. Mm -hmm. Tony Lessie says the solution to the lapper problem is two 12 lap main events. Two 12 lap main events. Yeah. (laughs) Are tracks shorter or faster this year? It seems like people are way shorter. Yeah. Way. Is that because yeah. of COVID? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's just lack of spectators, lack of money for dirt. Um, you know, a lot of different things, like all accumulating into one, to be honest. Uh, you know, whenever we had that one race, that was, what, 43 seconds or some shit? Yeah. I mean, we were getting lapped so freaking quick. I mean, there, I mean, and there was nothing really that you could do. I mean, yeah. like, if you got a bad start, and say you had to roll the triple the first lap, like you're iced. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? And you got to think when they're building the different track every couple of days, that one section that's going to make another five seconds probably saves that the builders another, I don't know, five, six hours at least. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is too, that they got to be mindful of, like they can't make these tracks too gnarly. Like, if they just made complete meat grinders out there, like that Houston 3-track or Indy 1, it would be an even more injury-depleted field. Like, this track this weekend was pretty tight-looking, and the flow of it was tight, but still pretty fast. Like, guys were carrying pretty good speed everywhere they went. Uh, From being down on the floor, like, just looking at the jump builds and stuff like that, they weren't as, like, technical or pointy or, like, as brutal, like, vertical as other tracks have been. Like, that track was gnarly. This was nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. At any point, did you guys think that Coop was going to get Kenny on the last lap or no? I did. I totally did. I did. I wonder if he knew how much time he had. Like, because after that Houston three thing, he was telling Carlos, like, can you have to tell me how much more time there is? If he would have started that charge, like just a touch earlier, he would have got. Yeah. Him. I think he said on the podium, like he missed the three, 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 that the, I don't know, with two laps to go or something like that, and that's really what killed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. had a that's thought. That's a bummer, man. You just got to be so perfect whenever you're you're fighting for a win like that. It's that's crazy. Like it, it blows my mind how like such little freaking things like in one race can matter so much. Yeah. It blows my mind that everyone can be during qualifying like within hundreds of a second of each other. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I don't completely think it's different doing in it. years past. Like it's almost like freaking NASCAR out there, dude. Yeah. I just had a funny thought Anyone about this. can get Vince. full position. It seems like. Hey, maybe Freezy is colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Sorry. That's another meme. Sorry, Vince. That was a dick move. <laughs> anyway, yeah. People, just be kind and considerate, and think about like how hard you work at your personal job. And how it would feel if people told you that you suck at your job and you should quit. Yeah. So, moving on. Uh, yeah, so Roxon takes all three. Um, I think Colt very well could have 
taken all three as well, except for a rut, right? Right. That was pretty impressive, his uh, his comeback. Well, Chase and I stopped by the Yamaha track this morning, so we talked to Cole a little bit. And I was like, dude, I cannot believe how gnarly that crash could have been and how you landed on your feet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, when he fell and they replayed it, even as they were replaying it, I knew that he was good. I just kept waiting for someone to just jump right into his chest as he was standing on that jump. Yeah. That he could have caught his shoulder on the top of the lip. Like for him to just kind of glance and then like skate right over the top of the tabletop was, was super, super important. Mm-hmm. Didn't twist the knee. Like, I mean, that was a rutted jump and he had one leg dangling off, didn't catch a knee there and like get drug off of it. He got super, super lucky there. Yeah. He said he's pretty sore today. Um, I guess his bars were twisted really badly, which makes that charge to the field even more impressive. Jeez. So I asked him today, I said, hey, you know, I saw the pictures of you and Jet Lawrence chumming around, sitting on a berm together laughing. I go, but were you pissed about how that went down? And he said that he was really fired up when he pulled off the track. And he said to Jet, like, you know, we could have been second and third instead of third and fourth, you know, if you uh, – weren't jack with me like that but uh i don't know what were your thoughts about that i mean i thought they lost a lot of time um you know playing the whole cat and mouse game because dude like at some at a few points they were literally just stopping on the track and not going anywhere yeah um i was actually surprised that they even called oldenburg as quick as they did because they were freaking just they were i mean they were just doing dumb stuff to be honest, I mean, yeah, it was a great race. It was great for TV. But if I was cold, I would have definitely been fired up too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, uh, Joe Shimoda second. Uh, poor Joe, though. They didn't show him on TV at all because they were just uh, <laughs> documenting uh, Cold's charge to the field. I think they barely showed Christian out front too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They didn't even show Christian really. Yeah. But yeah. Joe, uh, dude, what if Joe just turns into the most freaking badass Japanese dude ever, though? Like, what <laughs> if he, he like, turns into like J Law, like me, yeah. like doing dick stuff, like, just like a like a J Law Japanese freaking badass semi warrior? Yeah, what if Don he he finally takes all the all the stuff Don says about being a dick to heart, and he just he just becomes this huge dick and starts throwing punches and stuff. Yeah, then his nickname will be Jay Raw. Yeah, he's got a earring now too. He looks tougher. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah, he yeah. has his ear pierced. <laughs> oh, dude, that's badass. Yeah. What, Ray? Why don't you have your ear pierced? I do have both my ears pierced. Do you? You don't wear them? No, nah, dude. Twenty sixteen, it was freaking high top Nikes, True Religion jeans, Affliction shirt, and fucking. Yes. Fucking diamond earrings, bro. <laughs> uh, the big CZs. Dude, oh yeah. And a flat bill hat. Oh, affliction Dude, shirt. Dude, I was freaking... Affliction is Dude. the one that looks like tattoos, right? It's the ones with the all bedazzled and shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have a tap-out shirt? I look like Will Hahn Jr. <laughs> yeah, Will wore the true religions, obviously. <laughs> I think he was wearing Dude, I was today. I was freaking I don't know, man. I don't know what I was. I was I was retarded looking, dude. <laughs> Wait, what size were the true religions though? Cuz was this in your thick days? <laughs> well, okay, so I was like 16 or 17 and they were they they still fit. Actually, they're a little big for me now, so they're like they were 34s, I think. Mm-hmm. At the time, but I was also fucking 16, so yeah. Thick kid. What's the what's the largest pant size you've ever had to buy? Uh, I think. Well, my JT gear was thirty sixes. <laughs> the pink <Really>? stuff. <laughs> yeah, bro, I was a fat sucker, dude. I don't. I think their <laughs> sizing was off or something too. I can't picture Cause, that because the waist was it. It just wasn't right, and the and the freaking the legs were just too tight. I don't know. The thirty fours just didn't work on me. <laughs> Did you wear the JT <laughs> helmet also? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was I was JT head to toe. Mm. Actually, no, not not boots. I wore jet boots. <laughs> jet you had boots. a full Euro look, yeah. Dude, Utopia goggles, JT helmet, 
and gear, and then the jet boots oh, on a Honda. So sick. No, he looked like a <laughs> bastardized like Sebastian Tortelli, just all nice. these oddball brands. And, and yeah, and yeah, you thought it was good. you thought it was cool to run your weight as your number. Yeah, three one four. Yeah. Oh man! All right, can we address the elephant in the room? I guess. I mean, A Ray, you did not race on Saturday. Why did you not race on Saturday? Well, I guess I'm pretty much just gonna be open with it. Um, obviously, I I took all the precautions. I got tested uh, on Thursday. Thursday um, tested negative for COVID. Um, and then I woke up Saturday just sort of not feeling well. So I mean, I I personally thought it was just from the cold weather, um, you know and it was freaking seven degrees in Indiana, Indianapolis. It was terrible. I hated it. Um, I spent a lot of time outside waiting on Ubers while I was at the track and stuff. So I figured that's what it was from. Um, I tried to ride practice. I did one practice. Um, and then, uh, pretty much told the team that I was like, Hey, I don't really feel that well. I'm just going to go to the hotel and go to sleep. Um, so yeah, I mean, I came back home and I got tested, uh again yesterday obviously we get tested twice a week whenever we're racing supercross Mm -hmm. um and then i tested uh twice yesterday um i went um to cbs yesterday morning but it was only they they got my results in like two to three days and i was like well i need to know something sooner so i went and got a rapid test and then um obviously i tested positive on the rapid test i'm still waiting to hear the results from my other test but from the way I've been feeling, I think that it's going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I tested positive for COVID, and it sucks. How do you feel? <laughs> like, I mean, what is the biggest symptom that you have? Uh, the biggest symptom I had is just a uh, headache. I just had a gnarly, gnarly headache and head fogginess at first. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's been pretty much it. And then fatigue just been wanting to sleep all day um but other than that uh, i woke i woke up this morning i felt actually not bad um i'm still a bit like shortness of breath i think i've lost a little bit of taste i mean obviously i can taste a little bit but it just tastes different mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it's not too bad but i mean it still sucks obviously mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i won't be racing this weekend in orlando just, you know, I, obviously I'm going to get myself feeling better and I'll test as many times as I have to um, until it is negative um, yeah. so I can get back racing for sure. Well, hey, least... so you know a couple of racers that uh, had it. Were they yeah. able to, from, I'm sure you've talked to them, were they able to get back right into the, the swing of things once they tested negative or did they have like some lasting effects? Um, there's, it's hard to say like, because obviously once you do it, I guess you have to get like the antibody test or something. Right. But, um, there's been a few people that say, yeah, they have like a few like side effects here and there just with like, I don't know, just being sort of like foggy, I guess with yep focus. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't really, um, hear much else other than that yeah Yeah, because i mean i had it like a month ago and i'm still feeling like foggy and forgetting stupid small stuff he's still (laughs) chase is still suffering the cardiovascular effects because old bull is still taking down (laughs) young buck on the climbs let me tell you dude and i'm soaking it in right now guy I'm just so glad I have COVID. Well, he was off a bicycle for like a year and a half because yeah. of his club foot. <laughs> club foot. I think foot. it's more of that one. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like McElrath said, he felt fine right away. And uh, what what did Tick say? He said, I think he said he, he felt a little, like, weird a few a few days afterwards or, or so. But he said it got better. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, because I had a couple mornings where I, I felt like I woke up drunk. And I had no alcohol at all. Mm. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously, like, I mean, I'm not the first guy, first racer who's gotten COVID. I'm just the first racer who's gotten COVID, I guess, during the season. Right. Um, you know, that, I mean, that it's we unfortunate. Know. I don't yeah. know who I came in contact with that had it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I isolated myself um, in Houston. I isolated myself in Indy. I took my Xbox to both rounds, um, and I did nothing but play my Xbox. I mean, I went out to dinner, I think, twice and indie and that was it it would have ha- had to have happened on else. friday then though right because you tested negative thursday or yeah after the test well well it's airborne so it, it can travel through the wind really yeah. <laughs> was oh it was God. it windy you guys y'all just need to stop with that bro it's freaking jeez i have nothing to say <laughs> maybe you could you could you could check your taste with the wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, silence. I got nothing. <laughs> Hi, Swap Moto Live listeners. This is Alex Martin. At Arai, every helmet is handcrafted with dedication to pursue gains and protection, and that is exactly why I choose to race in an Arai helmet. This lifeblood of obsession with protection is driven by a single shareholder and runs through every person who builds an Arai helmet. This is what sets Arai apart. This is Arai. Who does Ken Roxon, Jay Sexton, Hunter Lawrence, Jet Lawrence, Mitch Evans, and four-time world champion Tim Geiser turn to for power? Yoshimura, since 1954. Since 2005, Risk Racing has been a leading innovator within the motocross industry, all while doing it in their own unique way. Whether you are looking for the premier motocross transport system, the Lock and Load Pro, or the EZ Utility Jug, the fuel can of choice for me, SGB Racing's Alex Ray, Risk Racing is there to be your go-to motocross shopping destination. Head over to riskracing.com today and see their entire product line. Use code SWAP at checkout to receive 15% off the entire purchase. Hey everyone, Don Moetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next cleaning air filters or changing oil. Tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey, what's up guys? This is Connor Erickson, but you probably know me best as Buttery Films. Temecula T-Shirt Printers handles all of my merch needs and also services many other big players in motocross. Whether you're starting a brand or just want some team T-Shirts printed, there's no one that does better work or has a service as good as these guys. Check them out online at TemeculaT-ShirtPrinters.com. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck 
is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey, this is Colt Nichols of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team, and I rely on Guiltless Food Co. to keep me fueled properly, feeling 100%, and is super convenient. It's healthy food that doesn't suck. Sign up at guiltlessfoodco.com. Anton, anything else to talk about at the race? What uh, what else went down? Man, it seems like so long ago because it's only been one extra day. We do usually do this on Mondays, but... Well, that, yeah. and then, like, we would be at a race right now. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, it's crazy. Um, Of the six races, that seemed like the most mellow so far. You know, like, yep. the race, like, it's just kind of whatever. Uh, it was good. I mean, it was great. You know, everything was solid from there, like... When Cooper was fastest in qualifying, everybody was like, okay, like he feels pretty good tonight. Um, it's been cool to see Ken just like get back to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Dude, some of the stuff he has, like as far as bike control, like seeing it in person is unreal. Like he's doing little bunny hops and stuff like that, riding down the start straight away when he's coming out of nose wheel. He's like, that's been pretty impressive to see. Um, yeah, honestly, it was cold. It, dude, it was just so cold. Like yeah. it was so cold there. <laughs> Both Saturdays, snowed both Saturdays, uh, really good fan turnout, so that was nice. But, yeah, we're just kind of, like, nice into the swing of things now. Uh, looking forward to Orlando, but it looks like it's going to be two mud races, so that'll be interesting. Uh, uh, so, yeah, not bad ones to miss, eh, Ray? Well, he's, gonna, he's coming back for <laughs> yeah, Orlando, too. He'll come back in the second one. Orlando, too, though. Yeah. yeah. That's a big bummer, though, because they're bringing in new dirt, too, right? Uh, I'm not yeah. sure. I've been looking. Uh, I would hope so because it looks like some hard packed dirt. But then I was already thinking, like, what guys that, that these two at, uh, Orlando races are going to favor? You know, right. a guy like Anderson, who there hasn't been slick tracks this year, really. They've just been like Houston and Indy both are pretty soft. So a guy mm-hmm. like Craig, uh, who does really well in hard pack, Jason, you know, whoever, there, there are other guys that could really benefit from this. Um, I'm excited to see how this goes, though, because guys haven't had the chance to practice. So this whole week that they'll get back home and then those guys that are going to stay down in Florida or live down in Florida between the two Saturday races, that'll be a nice break. And then everybody's eager to like, I personally, and I know other people already are thinking about it too. The break after Orlando to Daytona is like much, much needed for people. Right. Dudes are like getting a little, they were getting a little toasted after that third indie race. It's just so, so much. And, those 12 days go by really, really fast. And mm-hmm. sometimes they feel like you got some time to uh, decompress, but like, if you have an issue, you're, you're really just kind of spun out from it for the next few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, hey so we have a couple of riders coming back this weekend, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anstey, uh, Macarath. And I think this one, Plus more, right? Sexton. Oh yeah. Sexton. Yeah. Sexton and Dino. Each. Yeah. Four oh, guys. Right. Ooh. Four guys. But they're not going to have A-Ray. That's, that's the yeah, sad no part. Yeah, no A-Ray, though. Yeah, A-Ray's out. Hey, how about <laughs> Malcolm? down with the sickness too hard, dog. <laughs> down with the sickness. How about, how about Malcolm casing that triple? Because oh. his hand came off in the, like, the section before. So he went off the triple with no hand on the bars, cased it, and then like looped out real slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen the video. Dude. Dude, and walked was... out of it. Yeah, and he's fine. Yeah, he got lucky there. Yeah, I can't believe he's fine. That looks so painful. <laughs> and and too, like you can see on the video how just ruined the face of that triple is already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know. So like the fact that he didn't have a hand on the bars and he just hit that triple in all those <laughs> ruts and didn't die. Yeah, and it yeah, stayed nah. straight when he landed. Right. Nuts. Uh-huh. Yeah, he needed a lawyer for that case, dog. <laughs> so uh yeah so as we said earlier chase and i went to the yamaha track today uh malcolm looked very quick but you know yeah. dude plessinger was ripping today and it's like surprising to me that he hasn't had a better finish than he has what fifth right now is his best finish i believe malcolm's yeah. a fourth and dylan's is a third but um i mean i feel like a fifth is awesome considering there's guys like, I mean, what's Osborne's best finish this year? I mean, dude, I don't know. Fifth. It's not good. Fifth, I yeah. Think. Well, he had another bad one. No? Nope. Um, 
No, I don't think so. I mean, because I feel like a fifth is pretty damn good in the in the field that's going yeah. on well, right now. I mean, he's and then that obviously doing better this year than he has in any year of his 450 career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's good. I think the whole move from Yamaha to Star and the the whole 450 program that they're doing now is so much better mm-hmm. for yeah a lot of the riders. Zach's best finish is a fifth. Um, and then let me see AP. Fifth. That fifth place that Aaron got though, they don't show it that much in TV. He was on the move that whole moto and like hounding AC. He was he was going really really well on Tuesday yeah. at Indy two. Like that was, was that a the, very solid ride for him. It just didn't get a lot of attention. Was that the race where Mookie was right behind him for most of it too? Uh huh. And then yeah, Malcolm yeah. like crashed with the last little bit because they they right. were both on their way to like really really good finishes. Mm-hmm. And right. Malcolm's gonna get a podium like before this season oh, yeah. is over. He's going so fast, and he's avoided – like, he's finally kind of put together all the issues, like how not to really crash, not not to push himself, like not to get too excited. He's putting himself in really, really good positions every race right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, his qualifying times, too. Like, he's been steady one lap speed. It's It's been a good year for Malcolm so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I noticed today, like, I haven't – I've never noticed how uh, – like mentally strong Malcolm is like today he was, he was a little frustrated with one of the sections and instead of just getting off while everyone else got off at the end of the day, he, he went back and after his moto and just did it probably 10 more times mm-hmm. just to get it through his head before the next one. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, that kind of surprised me. I'm not sure why, but yeah. All right. Speaking of Malcolm, how about his kit this weekend? Minty green, minty uh, fresh. I, I, dude. I mean, there's been a lot of crazy gear this year, but that uh, that black and mint seven gear kind of stands out to me right now. Is it red or is it peach? What? No, it's mint. Well, this yeah, but last... he wore the peach stuff in practice. Oh, yeah, he wore, yeah, he wore the coral stuff. Yeah, uh, that looked like last weekend. Yeah, that looked like flamingo. <laughs> flamingo. But you know what's weird is the. Uh, the week before, Anton, his stuff was like beige or something, right? Yeah. On they TV, oh, yeah. Cool colors. On they TV really, it looked really yellow. On, yeah, on, on TV, it looked yellow because when he crashed in the whoops and fell in the tough blocks, I told Chase, uh, he looked like a tough block laying there because he's the same color. But then I saw the photos and it was beige. I don't, I don't know. But, uh, Ari, you'll get to debut some new... Uh, new O'Neill gear here I think probably by the time you come back in Florida round two yeah I can't wait you know I, the seven gear it just you know I'm just too diehard of an O'Neill rider that it, it just doesn't even phase me you know well no I what I'm saying is prodigy is coming out dude yeah that's what that's what I'm saying like I cannot wait yeah to that freaking O'Neill gear freaking drops too because we're just we're taking over yeah retail retail drop of O'Neill prodigy is February 22nd According to Daddy Frank, but they're going to release it to riders on the twelfth. I need to pitch. The, I want to pitch them an idea that I have. Yeah, what is that? It's like maybe we do like one run of full on just race gear, one off, to where they only sell like a limited amount of it. Maybe they only make like three hundred sets to sell, so they don't like. If it doesn't sell, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But they do like a full-on lightweight race pant jersey glove, and like have all the racers run it, mm-hmm. and do like this big like social media deal on it or whatever, like blow it up, and then I don't know, just have like a full race set. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a one-off race pant because obviously they have like their hardware. They have their mayhem and all that stuff, but what if they made like one line where it was just full on race gear and they had like a price point that obviously it was higher, mm-hmm. but well, wouldn't that, I mean? wouldn't that be what prodigy is? Cause prodigy is, I guess you could say that's stretching is light. Is. Yeah. I just okay. wish they made it in more than one color. Do you know that? Yeah. Do you know that? I, played... I thought it was going to be in more than one color. I thought no. there was going to be three. Is it? Well, no, the only, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. There's more than one color, but the first one is red and black. Okay. Just like last year's, but 
yours truly played a role in it because the first drawing, the jersey had a white stomach. And I was like... White stomachs are sick. No, no. No, Chase. No. White <laughs> stomachs are not good when you have a little yeah, bit of Yeah, they're a... good for Chase because Chase is 145 pounds. Yeah, Chase and Anton Dude, are pulling. I'm... <laughs> yeah i didn't want to look like the guy pitching uh trying to sell michelin tires you know so i was like yo frank if you make that jersey in white i will never wear it and i, I gotta change i got a black stomach now <laughs> oh so uh anton what did uh okay a couple rounds ago cincerillo was wearing some fox here that was super crazy it looked like a KROQ bumper sticker from the 80s. Mm -hmm. How was that stuff in person? That the cow and the highlighter pants? No, no, no. That was this weekend. <laughs> the cow highlighter pants, oh. that's a production gear. But the that stuff. That's sick. I like that. That really crazy stuff he wore a couple rounds ago, That's that was made that was for like Adam. blue Allen. based, blue and red. I thought yeah. it was white. No? Oh, know. the white, orange, and white, oh. orange, and blue. Yeah. Yeah, there was that stuff too. Dude, they've kind of knocked it out on a lot of that stuff. Some of it has been a little, like, out there. But, I mean, that's what Fox has always been known for. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I like that they do that stuff instead of it just being production kits all the time. Because yeah. that's, like, half the fun of Moto Gear on Pro Guys is that it's special shit. You yeah. know, instead of just seeing them wear the same four colorways all the, all the time. Yeah. I guess Kenny's, uh, Kenny's stuff he wore in Houston that was black with or red oh. with black writing yep. with the F and the Honda look. That was Kenny only. Like, that's not going to get produced. Mm -hmm. But that stuff was cool. And then he had a variation of it that was blue and red. I didn't like that as much, but. That's what he wore this weekend, right? Yeah. 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 Still that cool. stuff was cool. The red really pops against the blue. Like, yep. that, that stuff looked really, really good. Um, it's kind of a bummer that black and red stuff isn't going to be production because that would make a really good Fox Honda kit. Yeah. Yep. And then he wore that all red, the all red and white Fox Honda stuff. That, that was pretty sick too. That looks, I, it all looks good with the red plate, like especially as they're doing it right now. Mm -hmm. um, they've been super consistent. The Troy Lee stuff has looked good on Barsha. Uh, the all red or the all black? Yeah. yeah I think they kind of flip back and forth between those two. I was worried, too, because, like, he had always had such cool stuff with Alpine Stars and, like, really wild helmets that I was like, man, it's going to be kind of a bummer to see him just in team gear, like, from here on out. They've done a really good job mixing it up and, like, hitting the little details of it. Mm -hmm. I, I told Don uh, a couple days ago, and then I looked at AC's kit again and decided I didn't. But then I looked at it again today, and I do like his, his cow print gear now. Yeah, that's I, thought, cool. I, I dug it a little bit. I like the cow stuff, dude. Yeah. Moo cow. <laughs> highlighter pants. Hey, you yeah, know what I mean, this... it's a bit different, but I mean, hey, it's... The sickest, like the sickest one-off Fox gear they ever made and didn't sell. Uh, Stu, before he was full Red Bull helmet, he was just Fox helmet with Red Bull stickers on a cowie. You know that kit that had like the weird wavy stuff on it and it was predominantly a white with dark blue and red highlights, but they made Stu uh green and black one. Do you guys remember that? Ooh, Hang I think I do remember that. Hangtown. Ooh, that was the best kit ever made. I still like that one Fox kit they made for Kenny that Thor ripped off this or last year. The it was all white with like a blue and red fade in it. Red fade. I, don't I think it was his first his first race back from his injury on the Honda. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, if you, the sleeve. Yeah, if you, you kind of rip that one off, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the red yeah. sleeve for the yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That huh. one's sick. Well, I I've got some news. Our our uh, our art director Austin Shot is uh, officially a Fox employee now. He's not a he's not at Thor anymore. Oh, that's a big move. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he broke the news to me today. So congratulations, Austin. Look forward to having Fox is on the come up. Hey, did you speaking of uh, Fox and Pete Fox? Um, obviously, it's a different company, I guess, or I don't really know like the whole Renin gifs of it or anything. But did you get your Renin gear swap? I got a jersey. <laughs> I didn't yeah, get. I didn't it. get. I didn't get pants. So I got a jersey. But uh. That whole thing okay. is exciting to me. Like, there's going to be a whole another drop in like a week or so, right? Because he's going to 
Yeah. His whole premise is he's making in the United States, limited runs, and there's going to be a new design every single month. So I think he posted a teaser today. It looks like it's possibly like gray and black or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, is it jerseys only or is it pants? Too? No, jerseys and pants. No, it's both. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, the jersey I have that he made me is cool. It's sublimated, um, you know, so it's not like iron on name and number. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't have pants to wear with it. So I'd, should I just wear it out to the mall like a pickup kit? I would. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we That's had like streetwear. Uh, we uh, Anton. We had Pete Fox on the show the other day. We're we're saving it up probably next week or the week after, but giving away a little bit of it. I'm asking Pete, like, hey, dude, where do you draw your largest uh, source of uh, inspiration from? You know, and I thought he was going to say, like, you know, surfing or some sort yeah. of other sport or, or you know, like hip-hop fashion or something. I don't know. And he says, the grocery store. <laughs> I'm like, okay, he's jacking with you right now. But, yeah, no, he says he spends, like, hours, hours and hours walking up every aisle of the grocery store checking out packaging and products. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool to hear that from a guy like him because he has access to pretty much everything that's out there. Like yeah. he knows all the places to look and yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, we've all been, you know, fortunately because of our jobs, we've been like in the design room at Fox or Troy Lee or something. And I, I don't know what the term is, but it's like their wall of inspiration or whatever, where they cut pictures out and, right. you know, pin them to the wall and stuff. It's always interesting to see what's up there. And what they think, but I was just like, oh wow, Pete Fox has like yogurt containers on his wall. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. There's a guy, um, he's like a streetwear guy, and he's like a known graffiti artist, and he does a lot of stuff about like exposes on how brands come up with that, like mm -hmm. how they do color assimilation, and then like why they use the patterns or the lines that they do. It's really, really interesting to hear like where all that comes from. So that's cool that Pete like recognizes that because that stuff that he did at Yeezy, like with Kanye West, it like it doesn't latch on in moto. They shifted the entire like fashion industry off of that, and nobody in motocross realizes that. But mm -hmm. every major company after them, like multi billion dollar companies, have changed what they do because of how those two work together. Hmm. Did Pete design the Yeezy shoes with the numbers on the side? Uh, I want to say he's a part of that. And then there was a whole, like, their, some of their first collections, they were actual, like, fox pants and fox gloves, like, with Yeezy stuff on them. Mm -hmm. Like, the leather knee panels, and they were all deconstructed. So he did a lot of stuff with that. And then, like, the big puffy uh, utility look, he did a lot of that mm -hmm. stuff, too. And earth tones. And, like, he always used earth tones in their in moto gear. So he just kind of carried it over into that, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, Ray, did you have Yeezy shoes? Yeah, I got a set of Yeezy shoes. I'm looking at them right now. Well, what do the numbers on the side mean? I have no idea. That was the model number. The model number? Yeah, like, because they have How many CCs they got? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, there's like a 350, a 750. There's like a couple different ones. And like, it depended on what, like, what the style of them was. Ah. That's a question for the Seven Deuce Deuce, because I think he's got every single pair of Yeezys. Really? And he would know all about them. Oh yeah, 100%. Huh. Okay, cuz that that's interesting then because you know the 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 Renan stuff, I think it's called 210121 right now or so or 10121, but it's it's corresponds with the month of the drop. So the next Oh, one, that's cool. The next one will be 2 instead of 1 for February. Yeah. But uh yeah. Wait, how does the deuce get every pair of Yeezys? Those things are like impossible to get. Um, uh, well, we had Al at Adidas. Yeah, Al oh, at Adidas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Al sponsored the Lit Kid Award, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, what happened to that? Why did he quit doing that, hey, Ray? Uh, well, Al actually uh, well, got. I know... Yeah, I know Al. Al got sick and passed away, but like, was it exclusively to Adidas? But I mean, I think I I don't know. Um, I have to ask Adam that. I, I'm just. I think that he's just busy doing everything else. Mm -hmm. He's got so much on his plate now with just all kinds of crap that he just doesn't have time for it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, 
Seven Deuce Deuce is three for six main events, as are you, I believe, right? Yeah. And, and dude, how about how about two for six, Cade Clayson? Dude, actually, Cade, he's came on the last two races. Yeah. He's actually doing not that bad. Yeah. He's riding is, a lot better. Um, finally. So. Did I see he's riding at club now or something? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he won the the Pulpamex Challenge last year, oh, and I think right. he used that money uh, to help with his training program this year. So, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. How about your teammate AJ Catanzaro? Did he uh, did he uh, use his uh, Pulpamex bonus for his vlogging staff? I have no idea, but yeah, I mean, he's got a whole vlogging staff there. He does. I don't hey, really I know the whole gifs of it or anything like that or what's allowed and what's not, so <laughs> no comment he, uh, on that one. Isn't he uh, in trouble right now with GoPro footage or something like that? I have no idea. I don't think he's in trouble, but it's very much like there's two groups, NBC and Monster, that have the priority on all the footage that like gets shot within the stadium grounds, you know, right. like in, on the stadium floor is a completely other thing. And like we as media people are explicitly told, like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this because they own the rights to the footage. Mm-hmm. And so like, I could see where people are like up in arms. We're like, Oh my God, see, it's the fucking series, like keeping the little guy down. But mm-hmm. I mean, in the same way in F1 and NBA and like all that other stuff, it's not like those guys have like complete freedom to use the footage that they have there like there's still rules and implications on how they have to do it Mm -hmm. like it sucks that aj can't post the full thing but it's the same rules that restrict us from doing any kind of on-site action i think it's like a certain amount of seconds that you can use footage or something yeah it's 45 Mm. 45 seconds yeah yeah (laughs) you know what's crazy because this has been a big thing all year too I mean, shit, 45 seconds, that's all you need, really. That's, I mean, a, that's lap. a whole lap. <laughs> that's a whole lap. <laughs> uh, you know what's crazy is the uh, copyright uh, methodology of YouTube because, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously we, you know, we pay a licensing fee of a music website to get our, our music and it gets flagged as soon as you uh, upload it and then a couple minutes later we get the release of claim you know because it it all clears because we paid for it but like uh uh casey davis filmed dylan ferrandis for how was your weekend for us and the supercross race was playing on the tv in the background and we got copyright flagged for that and then uh at the same time we got these clowns in europe that are downloading our whole videos and repurposing them for themselves and that doesn't get flagged and we have to like yeah. go through this big formal complaint. And then who's that other guy that steals our shit and puts in his news shows? Anton. There, there's a bunch of them. It's fucking yeah. like, it's countless now. Hopper or Hooper yeah, or yeah. something weird. Johnny yeah. Hopper. That guy. He's a thief. Don't like his stuff. Like ours. No. Hey, <laughs> you want to know what the uh, the most downloaded uh, Swap Motor Live podcast has been in the last like three days? Oh, I I can imagine. I huh? can imagine because I've been getting text messages about have it. Have you? I have. Have you been sending people the link? Uh. <laughs> not oh, oh, exactly oh, oh, the I know same way. One, What's that? Not exactly the same uh, methodology as you because I'm not getting um. I'm not getting the same feedback that you're getting. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so what feedback are you getting? People are saying that I'm picking on him? A bit. A bit. A bit. <laughs> Why doesn't he let it go? A bit. <sighs> Soft ass <laughs> people. This guy needs to burn. Yeah. It's it's my link in uh, my Instagram bio now. The, tr- <laughs> the truth about drilling holes in your frame. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're talking about anton right oh yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> anton did adrian hit you up and like talk to you or no 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 and that's the other thing too is like you, I, for everybody having issues within this industry very odd that nobody just goes straight to each other to air it out oh I have. <laughs> i've gone straight just fucking to call each other man fucking there's 10 phone numbers in this whole industry i've gone there 
Jeez. <laughs> All right. This podcast is taking a left turn, so we're going to wrap it up. A-Ray, you uh, load up on vitamin D, drink a lot of water, and uh, if you need me to uh, leave a meal on your porch or something, you know, you can hit me up. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good day. But, uh, feel better, A-Ray. Everybody feel better. Later. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening to the Kickstart Podcast presented by Pro Taper. We will uh, talk to you next Monday. Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.